Hello, this is Leslie Kane, and I'm the host of the Why Not Today podcast. This is a podcast to celebrate people who have been courageous and said, why not today? I started this podcast to honor my father, Patrick Kane, who often said, why not today? I am based in Reston, Virginia, a planned community right outside of Washington, D.C. Thanks for joining us today, and I'm super excited. My guest is Miss Emma G. She's a musician, an amazing person, and we met through... Uh, mutual friends and booking music, and I'm excited to hear her story. But before um, we hear from her, I always like to talk about connections and how you meet people. So I think she, I book music for a local restaurant bar in Reston, and somebody said, oh, you got to have Emma G play. And then, of course, she started playing at Clipsos, and then other people knew her. And actually, recently, somebody said to me, um, they overheard you playing. She was on the plaza and she's like, how did you find that person? She's amazing. And I'm like, well, it's word of mouth. So you never know who you're going to know that's going to refer somebody. So I'm super excited to hear from you today and hear your story. And I love hearing your voice because you've got an amazing accent. So um, <laughs> share a little about you before we start talking about courage and a fun fact about you that people wouldn't know. Oh, goodness. Okay. So... <laughs> Great to see you, Leslie. Thank you for having me on this podcast. Um, yeah, so who am I? I depends on where who's asking me, really. If I was in New Zealand where I'm from, I would first start off by telling you that Karioya is my mountain, the Pacific Ocean is my ocean, the Waikato River is my awa, my my river. Um, and my, you know, my my parents go back to Norway, Iran. United States, Fiji, and I was born in New Zealand. Who I am today, however, uh, so I'm a singer-songwriter. Uh, yes, have been a professional musician for over 20 years now. It is wild to think of because I'm only 34, but um, here we are. And um, but in, in addition to that, you know, the last couple of years, um, I have not pivoted I don't I think pivot was the buzzword for most people for me um my I've expanded and I more I've stepped into who I actually authentically am which is not just a musician I'm also a youth empowerment through songwriting coach a speaker an author um and a girlfriend and uh that's really um kind of you know for me it's really important that we look at the whole person not just you know, not just the labels. Yep, for sure. So tell me a fun fact about you. Oh, a fun fact. Um, well, I don't really have, I mean, a big fun fact that used to be about me was that I've had 10 brain surgeries, which people oh. always kind of bug out about. I didn't know I that. Knew that. Okay. Ah. Maybe that's your fun fact. Uh, but for, fact. For other people who know about that, who have seen my TED talk recently, <laughs> um, a fun fact about me is that uh, I don't like blue cheese. Okay. Is that a fun fact? That's a fun fact. I, okay. <laughs> I didn't like blue cheese for a long time until I got older. So I'm a lot, I'm older than you, so maybe it's coming. Because <laughs> when I'm I was 34, like I probably didn't like it. Okay. I'm okay with not liking blue cheese. But that's okay. So, and yeah, I mean, I love that not only did you meet and I booked you, but there's a lot of people I book. I don't even know who they are, but I love that we became friends and connect. And I love everything you represent and your 
positive energy and your spirit. And there's just so many things I love about you. So I couldn't wait to talk to you. So tell me, what do you, how would you define courage? What does it mean to you? Courage is the ability to look at adversity and recognize that there is more positives on the other side. Okay. So giving yourself permission to take a deep breath and leap. I like that. All right. Take a deep breath and leap. So I'm, eventually I'm going to take all these curves, everybody's definitions and make courage curves. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. All right. So from brain surgeries, I didn't know that, to you moved to the U.S., yeah. um, which I think takes a lot of courage. This uh, girl that grew up in the same town my entire life, pretty much. And although I've traveled, not very much. I mean, in the United States, not out. So that whole thing right. moved um, well, to be fair, to, to travel within the United States is also, you know, a wild adventure. I've been lucky to travel to 27 different states on tour yeah. um, most of the time. And there's a huge difference between Iowa and Los Angeles and a huge difference between Los Angeles and um, uh, Austin and a huge difference between Austin and New York. Yep, or New Orleans, or and and some people would say it takes courage just to live or drive into DC. I have oh. friends that are from rural areas that won't even come to Northern Virginia because they're afraid to drive. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, driving in Los Angeles is a lot scarier than driving. I in think I agree. DC. So, all right. So, tell me, what have things in your life that's taken courage, and when have you said why not today, and how can you encourage people? Like, tell me so, your journey. all your why not today. I think it was, uh, gosh, what's her name? There was, who's, who's the woman? Mm, there is a very famous woman whose name I can't remember right now, um, which is terrible. You'll think uh, of it in the middle of the night. Sorry? You'll think of it in the middle of the night. I totally will. Two o'clock in the morning, I'll text you. Okay. Um, so, but there, there was a saying that um, basically the challenge of do something that scares you every day. Eleanor Roosevelt. It was Eleanor Roosevelt? Okay. I think it is. Okay. So that to me has kind of been my, one of my philosophies since I was a child, because, you know, I had my first brain surgery when I was four months old. By the time I was 10, 12, I'd had 24 surgeries, 10 brain surgeries, 24 in, in, you know, all together. Um, And as a result it was kind of like you know people attributed courage to me every day because they're like oh how do you survive and how do you survive having brain surgery you deal with it right that's your reality that's what you knew right it's like that's like saying how do you deal with washing your hands every time you go to the bathroom you just kind of do it (laughs) you know what i mean it for me you know courage has always been like something that I kind of was a little bit perplexed about because for me, it was just existing, merely existing. And I think a lot of people who, um, you know, experience trauma or who uh, experience adversity, just existing is an act of courage. There's the saying again of in a world filled with, um, you know, that's intent on making 
specifically women and, and girls feel like they need to purchase this, that, and the other thing in order to, to feel pretty. Loving yourself is the sincerest act of rebellion. Mm-hmm. You know, I think every day we, we are presented with opportunities to be courageous. For me, I kind of, you know, so if, if I'm waking up every day choosing to scare myself a little bit, if your comfort zone's here, this is where the awesome stuff happens. I, at the age of, I don't know, 22, decided, you know what, I'm going to really actively try to scare myself. <laughs> How can I do that? Wow, I love that. And sometimes I would fail and sometimes I wouldn't. Um, you know, I tried bodybuilding for a while um, because that was totally out of my comfort zone. Um, and the only <laughs> the only reason I didn't actually go through with the competition was because I was talked out of it by a boyfriend I should not have been dating. But um, <laughs> nonetheless, um, you know, I, I tried CrossFit. I did the CrossFit games. I got into doing, I was the ambassador for Tough Mudder. Um, you know, all these things that were outside of my comfort zone. I, um, you know, took a leap and decided to become a youth empowerment uh, worker at the YMCA. Um, you know, all these things, I studied to be a mechanic for three and a half years. Things wow. that were just like, kind of, okay, that's interesting. Why would you do that? Because it kind of scared me and let's embrace that a little bit. I think the most notable um, growth opportunities for me though, have come directly as a result of stepping out of that comfort zone. So by your um, very uh, example, I packed my bag when I, you know, back in 2015 and sold all of my belongings in New Zealand and boarded a plane, spent two weeks in Vietnam by myself, wow. not speaking the language, read Eat, Love, and Pray, whatever it's called, and <laughs> kind of laughed because I was like, oh, that, we all know that. Um, and then moved to the States not knowing not not being quite prepared for the culture shock um which was surprising to me so what are the things that are culture shock oh my lord um so my first ever job in america was working as a an outdoor hiking instructor at a girl's move by the way did you come here no i went straight to massachusetts okay i was a hiking instructor at a girls camp and the biggest culture shock there was how peppy everybody was. Mm-hmm. And I'm incredibly peppy. Like I'm a very positive person. Yo, I was like the, the Scrooge like, <laughs> compared to, compared oh, to wow. this particular camp. Um, so that was, that was a, a thing. The food here, definitely. I wasn't prepared for um, the obsession with physique. As much, um, everybody in America has this obsession with wearing shoes all the time. In New Zealand, bare feet are fine. Eat in Fiji, bare feet are fine. I'd be, I'd um, well there because I hate shoes. Sorry, you hate <laughs> I shoes. Yeah. Lie, I hate shoes. Um, I think, but I think on a on a cultural level um, and semi political level, I think I was not prepared for the cultural diversity of the states. New Zealand's a very multicultural country, but very rooted in Southeast Asia and the Pacifica. Uh, Whereas here, you have everything under the sun, right? And I wasn't 
in my head prepared for that, nor was I prepared for being typecasted as Ethiopian, Spanish, and Black, depending on the day, depending on who the person was. And then all of the cultural um, perspectives that come with being interpreted as Latino, Ethiopian, or Black. So it, not it's a just, white, it's, not a white man. <laughs> well, yeah, and then and then my accent totally shifts that energy as well. Yeah. So that I definitely wasn't prepared for. I wasn't prepared for the the depth of misunderstanding when it comes to multiculturalism. Right. Um, you know, I think America is very intent on tick one box, move on. Whereas yeah. I'm like, I will tick seven. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So how did you immerse yourself or get acclimated? Did you stay in Massachusetts long or did you come to DC quickly? So I was working as a hiking instructor in Massachusetts and then I got a second contract in Connecticut as an outdoor science education teacher. Between those two jobs, I had 11 days off, road tripped with a girlfriend to Indiana, broke down in New York State, ended up in Rockville, Maryland, had my guitar with me, so decided to go busking and see what happens. Um, and for anybody who's listening to your podcast who doesn't know what busking is, that's street performance. Okay. So I would wake up, go sing for people on their way to work, and then see how much money I made. And it got to the point where I was like, actually, I can make a living doing this. And there's an energy about DC that I um, really fell in love with. So I made the decision to move here November 2015. And, and I guess you could say that was another act of courage. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, keeping in mind that this is the, the nation's capital. Um, and I come from a country that has seven sheep per person and four cows per person. <laughs> to go from that to then living in, in arguably the most powerful city in the world yeah. was nerve-wracking. But I don't know, the universe, source, God, whatever you want to call it, was just telling me this is where I needed to be. So were you always a musician? Breath and leap. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. Yeah. Were you a musician for years before or just get better? So playing? I was, I actually, I was the lead singer for a hard rock band back in New Zealand called Static Era. Um, and we were together for five and a half years. Um, I was also doing a lot of gigging solo as well, touring with the band, touring solo. And yeah, that was back in New Zealand. But it's hard to make a living in New Zealand where you have, you know, seven sheep per person. Um, mm -hmm. So I always had like, other jobs here and there um to then move here and make a full-time income from street performance was wild to me yeah which is interesting somebody i think it was crush funk brass band crush funk said, amazing. yeah and i love them and they said one time and somebody recognized them from playing on the street at yeah yeah. But they said one time that they loved you and you were both respectful of the corners that you played, which is, I mean, that's such a cool thing. Well, that was one of the things that I really wanted to bring from New Zealand to DC with me, because I think from my, from my conversations I've had with people, there is this very combative um abrasive approach people in the music industry tend to have towards one another 
when I'm like, dude, we're all here. We all love what we do. We're all doing this for a purpose beyond money. Right. Like for me, my very reason for doing this in DC in the beginning was if I'm going to live in the world's most powerful city, I want to make sure that the people who go to work and make decisions that impact the country and the world aren't grumpy. <laughs> so I want to make so them awesome. smile. You right? know, I think of people, and this is my naive opinion, like the people are living on, playing on the street are almost living on the street. And that's how they're surviving is by that. Not, never would have thought you're doing it to entertain the grumpy people, you know? I just like, I, I wouldn't even care if people gave me a dollar. As long as they were smiling, that's all that mattered to me. In fact, one specific time I was singing um, at Metro Center and this is when it kind of like all fell into place for me. And I, I apologize if this triggers anybody who listens to this podcast, but um, I was singing a song that I had written um, and suddenly all these police and ambulances turned up and parked across the street. And I was like, what is going on? Like, I'm just there singing and people are coming up the escalator and whatever. And um, came to find out um, that somebody across the street had been struggling so much so that they jumped off of the roof of the building and ended their life. And I was like, I don't know if I can carry on singing. Um, That feels really rude. Um, And as soon as I said that out loud to another person who was um, selling newspapers beside me, a stranger came up to me and said, no, Emma, we need you. Exactly. The reason, you know, I'm so sorry that that person did not feel like they could find a glimmer of hope, but you have no idea. This is what he said. You have no idea how much what you do helps. Exactly. And that was a punch in my feelings. If ever I had one. Yeah. You know, so that, yeah. Yeah. Do you know the story of the starfish? The starfish? I usually wear a starfish necklace. I don't have it on today. But, and I share this story often, is the story of starfish is a man was walking down the beach, um, picking up, there's thousands, millions of starfish on the beach, and he's picking them up and throw them in the ocean. And right. somebody walks by and he's like, what the heck are you doing? You will never make a difference. And he picked up a starfish and threw it in the water. And he said, I made a difference in that yeah. one. Starfish. And so I live by that motto. Like, you never know what you do and people are watching that you can make a positive influence on one person by you being courageous, by you keep playing that you made a difference in somebody else's life. And you just never know who that one person where it could be today. And you hear 20 years from now, like that ready to jump, but you encouraged them. And so I really live by that. This tattoo here is of a songbird made out of musical um, notes. That's a tribute to a woman who, um, so I think it was 2017, I went back to Iowa where my Norwegian family live and for Christmas. Um, So I was not in DC for about two weeks. Came back, somebody had taken my regular Wednesday or Tuesday spot or wherever it was. 
Um, and so I went to a random other place to find, you know, to set up and, and sing. And this woman came rushing up to me and stuffed an envelope into my hand um, and said, thank goodness you're here. I have been looking for you everywhere. Oh my goodness. Okay, random. I wasn't thinking, just open the envelope without thinking, oh, this could be a bad idea, but nonetheless, it was fine. Um, there was a Starbucks gift card in there. And um, then there was, she'd written this fully, like full computer typed page addressed to Songbird. And I have no idea who this woman is, what, like anything about her. But in this letter, she stated that she was a full-time working mom, had two children, worked two jobs, to make ends meet, slept on average between three to five hours a night, had every second weekend off, was feeling super overwhelmed, super stressed, never quite knew how to make ends meet, never quite knew, you know, what the next day would bring or whatever. And she said that she had two lights in her life. One was her faith in God, Lord, Jesus, whatever. Um, and the second was my performances on Wednesday mornings. Wow. Two lights. Still, and I yeah. was one of the, and I was like, how is that even a thing? You never know. People notice never and know. we're so worried about thinking, what if they think bad of us? Who cares? Like if that they one person, <laughs> what? They need, they need more hugs. Yeah. If that one person <laughs> can make a difference and just smile and people, I mean, in general, this is a hard world and it, this area is hard. And we're all busy and COVID was kind of a wake up call, but we're back to the busyness and we're back to the crazy life and people are still suffering. And if one thing I want to be able to do with this podcast is give people hope, give people yeah. courage to say, if it's a young girl listening or somebody that wants to play, be a musician, to think of it not as, okay, a way to make money, but to put a, be a light in somebody's life. Like I'd never thought of it that way. That. Yeah. You enjoy it. You know, when I'm booking music, it's not the people, a lot of people that I book are not making huge bucks doing it. Um, and you can tell there's a passion. I don't have that music ability, but I can give it other ways. <laughs> I can be passionate about other things. Yeah. But. Well, it's about leading with your why. Yeah. You know, whether it's music or something else, it's about leading with your why. And that goes back to your courage thing. Yeah. And having if the courage why, to do it. If your why outshines your fear, that's courage. Yep. I love that. If your why outshines your fear. Um, and, you know, for me, I quit my job 22 years ago, started yeah, married 28 years ago. And, you know, it was scary, but it was like, I knew that it was for me. And yeah. I know a lot of people that are stuck in things and miserable in life because they don't have the courage. And so I'm hoping to give people courage to follow their dreams, follow their whys, follow, follow their passion. You just mm -hmm. never know, one, where it can take you, and two, whose life you can influence. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So fast forward, you're performing more professionally now or doing a lot more. Um, I have a lovely youth stuff. <laughs> I mean, you're doing so many things. Thank you. Oh, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm actually, like, I've expanded, yes, but I'm, I'm actually coming back to the the real me the authentic me and i say that because when i was five years old my mom asked me what i wanted to be when i grew up i wanted to be 
a rock star, a mom, a counselor, a teacher, and a fashion designer. Okay. Right. You got most of those down. Right. So what I'm doing now is, yes, I'm still playing music and still recording and still writing. Um, and I'm in the middle of creating this new project, Soundtrack in Progress, which is two albums and a stage production um, meets rock opera meets TEDx talk. But more importantly, I'm really marrying my music and my um, coaching together to or teaching together to be a youth empowerment through songwriting coach and to deliver keynote presentations um, that combine music and keynote speaking to just remind people of their empowerment, remind them of their resilience, remind them of their courage, remind right. them of their magic and their power. You know, right. as Marianne Williamson says, our greatest fear is not, a, not that we are inadequate. Our greatest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. Sometimes we just need a theme song that reminds us of their greatness. Right. I need a theme and, song. Can you write me a theme song? Yes, ma'am. Well, <laughs> I, I need a song for Why Not Today. We might put my, my goal is for, you, for yourself, and I'm here to help you write it. Okay. Right? And that, <laughs> yeah. Because, because it would be inauthentic for me to write it for you. It needs to come from you. And especially okay. when it comes to young people, especially young people who are, um, you know, still recovering from, and of course we're all recovering from, but teenagers are taking, you know, it's a lot more complicated There's for them. So much anxiety with teenagers. Especially after being homeschooled for two and a half right. years. And the poor kids in college, I've talked to parents and their kids are like having all these anxiety and stress. Yeah. And like, and I mean, what, so one pressure. of my friends, yeah, son is 21 and afraid his hair is going to fall out. Right. Like, right. I mean, who thinks that thought? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's crazy. So, so, you know, helping them to recognize that, um, you know, they've made it. They've survived 100% of their bad days so far. Right. But they have the answers in them. We just need to let them, give them permission to step into that power, step right. into that theme song and write their truth unapologetically. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I, you know, I've geared this more to an older age group because I am, but I'm thinking, yeah, we need to give that young, the younger generation, the courage to do the job they want to yeah. go to college or not go to college to do what they want to do. And it's their life. I mean, every parent, every older person, every generation, I believe, wants to make sure that the next generation is better. Right. Not bitter. Yeah, exactly. You and, know, and so that's what I'm here to help with. Yeah. And one of the things I'm passionate with my Mary Kay is teaching young girls how to take care of their skin. And exactly. Giving, they say a woman's self-esteem is highest at age 10. Really? Yeah. Is that scary? Yeah. So we can give them courage to do the things, to feel better, to be more confident. And then, you know, you got the whole social media world bombarding people. It's wild. And, it's wild. Yeah. Ah, social media, such a fun thing. We've talked about that for a while. All right. So encouragement for somebody to say, why not today? What would you encourage somebody? How would you encourage somebody? Why not today? You have no idea 
A, you have no idea how powerful you are. B, you have no idea what could happen tomorrow. But we know that. <laughs> C, you have no idea the impact that your actions has on other people, events, and the world. So why not today? Because, I mean, it sounds cliched, but tomorrow is not a given. And I'm a huge believer that when you hear that whisper in your ear, in your soul, in your gut, that is the universe's way of telling you, get out of your own way. Listen to that voice. I always tell people, listen to the first voice, not the second or third. Not social media voices, no. not your friends' voices, not your parents' voices. You have all of the answers in you. You just need to be brave enough to let yourself listen. Yeah, and I'm actually simultaneously reading, listening to two books. One's about long thinking and the other's about busyness. And it's just we don't carve out time in our life to think anymore. And to listen. Or just be. Or be, yeah. yeah. We're just running so fast in this world. Ugh, so much wisdom. Like I'm going to have to pull lots of these uh, nuggets and uh, quotes out of here and share them. So I always yeah. try to connect this back to my dad. And when I share that question with people, it's like, oh, I didn't know your dad. And so I always like listen to the interview and connect back. And mm -hmm. so as I listen to you and thinking, you know, you're into community and giving back and a light. But the thing I think that finally hit me the last point is that you care about empowering people, the younger people, and giving people a voice. And I think my dad was a master of that. He was always teased. I had friends come over to go out and do whatever. And he'd see somebody coming to the house and he's like, oh, Emma, could you rake these leaves and do all, and they did. I'm like, you guys are crazy. Like, I don't want to do it. But he asked people questions and he got to know people. I have friends that said when my dad passed away that they had more deep conversations or talked to my father more than they ever did their own father, which is really sad. But he was hard on kids and especially we were the family that just invited anybody wherever they were. And there were some people that some young kids have gone through some hard stuff, but he didn't let them off the hook and he made them think and he asked questions. Yeah. I imagine you are very good at that with your teaching. Um, I mean, so. One of the things what I heard a saying years ago in um, Barcelona of all places, uh, you are loved, you are love, and all the answers you have are within you. Sometimes we just need a little bit of guidance to help us recognize what those answers are. Yeah. So I knew when I met you and fell in love with you that you'd be my friend. And I'm even more convinced that, you know, what you shared, we definitely have similar spirits in life and we could talk forever and we definitely need to connect more. I miss seeing you. Um, and so if somebody wants to find you, how do, I'm going to get your info to share in the show notes, but where's the best place to find Emma G? If you Google Emma G, my face will show up, but okay. if you want more specifics, um, action points, uh, yeah, Emma G music on all social media, except for TikTok, I'm Emma G speaks. And then if you want to go to Emma G music.com, that would be my website. Okay. Yay. Well, thank you so much. And 
I'm so glad we could have this conversation and follow her, see what she's up to. She's got a lot of great things going on. Um, and do, 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 we do renew, release a new podcast every other Saturday. Um, this is like 18th or 19th episode. We are, I keep saying we're working on a website. We're getting closer. I do have Why Not Today cups, Why Not Today t-shirts, vinyls. We are spreading the word to give people courage to say, why not today? So thanks again, Emma G. And the rest of you, thanks for listening. And why not today? Bye. See ya.